0: Should I join an existing RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is question number 51. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition into the RA model. Uh, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about that pathway of, hey, maybe maybe the way I want to go into the model is to join an existing RA as opposed to maybe start in my own RA. And so on, on today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons, the ways to go about doing that and why you might want to do that, why you should be considering that path as well as you, as you consider all of the options. And so... Along with that, as I always explain to most all advisors that I'm talking to, I did an entirely separate episode on this. It's episode number 42. If you want to go back and listen, uh, there, are, there are three primary ways you can transition your practice into the RA model. And there's a, there's a variation of the third one, which I'll touch on. Uh, like I said, if you want the deep dive, go into uh, episode 42. You can hear the whole thing. Uh, but in, in a very high level, uh, in, in, in quickly here, Uh, The three main options are one, start your own RIA. And and then on the far end of the spectrum, join an existing RIA. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And then there's an option kind of in the middle of that spectrum, which you have your own RIA, but you outsource a lot of your your middle back office functions uh, to partners that, that are specially aligned to do that sort of thing. And so uh, again, I'll, I'll reference back to the kind of those three models as we go through this, but primarily here, we're going to do a deeper dive into why you might want to join an existing RIA. And when I say join an existing RIA, in, in theory, there's uh, thousands, tens of thousands of RIAs out there. So that phrase could apply to joining any any one of those firms. What I'm referring to is, is not that the the guy or girl down the street that has an RIA that just happens to have an empty you know, desk in the corner and would love to have you come sit in that desk. While that does exist and, and that might be a, a good fit for you particularly, uh, what I'm referring to is more what, what are, that I call RIA platforms. So these are purpose-built RIAs to cater to financial advisors uh, for the reasons we're going to explain in this episode that would prefer to maybe join a platform as opposed to starting their own RIA. So Again, don't don't think of it as oh the one down the street or the one that wants to buy me out as my succession plan. That exists as well. These are these are purpose built to cater to advisors that that generally still have a fair amount of runway left in their career, uh, and they want a lot of the benefits of having their own RA. Uh, but, but maybe want the easier path, both short-term and long-term, of, of simply joining an existing RIA. Um, and I would also preface it, too. This is another thing I've, I've ranted about. It was episode 44, if you want to go back and listen to that one, uh, that, that there is no minimum amount of AUM required to start your own RIA. There's, there's certainly people out there in the industry that will quickly tell you that's the case and say, oh, you're too small to have your own RIA. You should only maybe join an existing RIA. And the, the reality is you you can start an RE with with zero. There there is no minimum requirement. Now, there's reasons you might not want to do that because of the economics and the scale and things like that. But but don't don't assume that your size, whether small or large, should dictate whether you should start your own firm or or join an existing firm. Uh, And again, we'll we'll dive into that a little more uh, here in a moment. a Quick recap on what it what it is like to start your own RA, just so you can you can appreciate the, the differences of what joining an existing RA platform uh, and how it compares. So when you if you were to go down the path of starting your own RIA firm, in short, you create that RA. There's a whole process, a whole ecosystem of people out there that help you logistically set it up. So you create that RIA. And then you surround yourself by a set of, of solution providers or service providers or vendors or whatever you want to call them that help you with all of the necessary components of running an RA. So that's literally things like having a custodian or custodians, plural, uh, having technology stacked to, to support your RA, having the compliance apparatus in place. So you have the RA and then you, built out, you build out each of these pieces around it. Now, the, the benefit of that is the whole... Uh, our ecosystem is there for your choosing and you can go out there and, and find all the different vendors you want to pick and choose from, particularly when it comes to technology. There's literally hundreds of options uh, of, of all different vendors you could put together. Uh, and so it does give you a lot of flexibility to do that. Now, now likewise, there's also a lot of uh, work and responsibility that goes to maintaining all of these relationships and, and sourcing out all these these different vendors and making sure it's particularly with technology that they all integrate it to each other both initially and, and stay integrated on an ongoing basis but but again there's certainly pros to that and, and cons to that and just like all all three of the options i always remind people there's pros and cons to all of them just, there's no guaranteed answer that oh just because you're a certain size just to, just because you, you have a certain way you run your practice that oh this is for sure the best path for you they all have pros and cons It's a matter of understanding those pros and cons and deciding which one is most advantageous for you. So again, with the the back end of, okay, start our own RA. We've got to build out this this, uh, set of solution providers around it. So the the question is, so why, okay, Brad, there's this whole ecosystem out there to to, to do this. There's people like me that help you figure all this out. And I absolutely do. Plenty of advisors go down that path. It makes sense for them to do it that way. but but so you might say, well, why would I ever then consider joining an existing RA firm an RA platform again, as I like to describe them, and and the firms I'm describing on this episode, again, there's there's different flavors, different variations of it uh, beyond this, but but these are platforms that that uh, enable you to do things such as uh, keep 100% ownership in your practice, use your own doing business as name for branding purposes, uh, you know, have the ability to leave at some point in the future if it's no longer a good fit, so. Uh, there are again different flavors. Maybe someone uh, there's firms that will acquire your practice. There's firms that will uh, insist that you use their brand. Uh, different reasons that those might be a good fit for you. But what I'm describing is more is more to try to replicate that start in your own, but but being able to do so by by simply joining a firm. So what the the value proposition at a very high level of these RA platform firms is is basically saying, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Advisor. You can go start your own RA and you can build out all this stuff around it. But guess what? That's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of complexity. That's a lot of things that have nothing to do with working with clients, managing money, which is, which is perhaps or arguably what you like doing the most. So what we've done as an RA platform, we've gone out there and built that whole platform for you. We've sourced custodians. We've, we've chosen a best in breed, what we feel is best in breed technology stack We've gone out there and sourced a TAMP solution to the degree you want a TAMP solution. Oh, and by the way, because of our size, we have way more scale than you arguably will be able to ever perhaps accomplish on your own. And so we can get better pricing on technology. We can get better pricing on TAMP solutions. And we can instantly give you access to be multi-custodial, where if you do it on your own, maybe you don't have enough assets to spread out among multiple custodians, or you don't want to do that initially because of the logistics hey, if you plug into our firm, you automatically get all of that right from the jump and ongoing. And we, the platform, have to take care of it and make sure that it still continues on, that the, the technology integrations are still integrated. And, and if there ever was an issue, we, the RA platform, figures it out. You, the advisor, don't have to figure that out. So that's they're, they're basically saying, hey, you can, in theory, have your cake and eat it too. Take, take what you like of having your own or a firm, working with your clients, having the independence, branding your practice, but instead take the logistical things that you might not like as much and let us handle it for you. Now, again, I said pros and cons to everything. So that that's kind of how it's pitched. Everything has a trade-off. So the pro of course is, hey, this is much simpler to move into than doing it entirely on your own. And arguably on an ongoing basis is simpler to run it than than trying to do it entirely on your own. Uh, Now the the con or the trade-off is uh, you have less flexibility in in part because they've gone out as an example in the technology stack and they have built a technology stack. So you, as part of your due diligence of such a firm, would want to make sure you like what they've built out with the technology and the TAMP solution, all those things. And if you do like it, then it it might be a great fit because, hey, let let them handle all of those logistics. You like the value proposition they put together, and it's a great fit. Obviously, if you don't like it, then it's not going to be a great fit. I'll give you an example. There's a team I'm working with that absolutely loves technology. They love everything about it. They love searching for new technology solutions, all the changes. They are not intimidated at all. By the hundreds of different uh, tech vendors out there that you could piece together. In fact, they like that. They want to go out there and build their own tech stack. Um, they, that, that team had no interest in joining a pre-built RA platform that it's already done for them. Likewise, there's other advisors that say, I, I don't want anything to do with making sure APIs integrate with each other and negotiating contracts, And if one part of the tech stack goes down, how do I fix it? I yes, I'd rather just outsource that to someone else entirely and let them handle it. Uh, Again, that's the value proposition of our A platform. So it's it's essentially done for you, but it's built for you. So you have to like what their value proposition is uh, to 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 want to join such a firm. And of course, part of the one of the big benefits that they would point out is. Because you're joining their firm, they handle the compliance responsibility for you. So it's their responsibility to make sure the ADV uh, is updated and distributed and all those sorts of things. It's their responsibility to respond to and handle an SEC exam when it comes along. It's their responsibility to know when a rule of regulation changes and where that might have to change within the firm as well. Again, pros and cons to everything. It's great that they do that for you, whereas with your own RA, you're responsible now. To be clear, with your own RA, again, there's an ecosystem of, of, of support providers, compliance consultants that will help you with that. So don't think it's not doable, but, but there's no doubt it is easier to outsource that to someone else. But with the trade-offs that, again, you have to be comfortable with how they manage that as well. Again, it's the entire value proposition. You have to say, is this a good fit for me? And if it is, that could be a wonderful pathway for your practice. And so... Part of the cost of all this is, is and this is just making up numbers because it's easy to describe it this way. You, you might think, okay, well, what's that going to cost me or what, what's the difference? And, and there, is, there is, hey, if someone's going to do something for you, obviously you have to pay them. So just making up numbers here, these are just hypotheticals because it's easy to describe it this way that if you were to join say one of these RE platforms and they, they have a wide range of pricing and a wide range of value propositions or value that you get in returns, that's, that's one of the things I help advisors with is understand how this firm compares to this firm, this firm. There, there is a wide range of what you pay and what you get. Again, it's finding, it's finding a firm that has a, a good proposition that you like. But part, part of how these firms will describe it is, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Visor, Our platform is priced out, again, just making up numbers here, 25 cents on the dollar, you have to pay us and we provide all of this for you. It's all wrapped up, taken care of for you. And you might think, wow, I don't want to pay 25 cents on the dollar to to someone else. But the reality is, if you're over here with your own RIA, it's going to cost you maybe 20 cents on the dollar to build it all out because you you do have to pay for all of those things, technology, TAM solutions, uh, maybe custodial fees that, that, that could be involved. So you will have to pay it. So don't think of it. So in that case, if it's hypothetically 20 cents on the dollar, don't think of it as, oh, wow, to to join an RE platform is going to cost me 25 cents on the dollar. No, it's only going to cost you the incremental more that that you have to pay above what you would have had to pay to do it on your own. And and in some cases, that delta is not even there uh, because these firms just have much bigger scale so they can get better pricing on things like TAMP solutions and technology than, than you arguably could on your own. So that's Again, pricing is obviously a big part of the equation, uh, but you gotta look at how it, not only, hey, what, what does a particular firm charge? How does that compare to the other firms that, of, of their similar flavor that you might consider? And then, and then how does that compare to what it would cost you to do it on your own, both in, in hard dollars, hard money, l- literally costs, and the intangibles of your time and responsibility of doing all that, you do need to put a value on that to, to properly compare it to the other, the other option there. Uh, and, then, and then the other kind of main point I was going to uh, bring up on this episode with RAA platforms and why you might want to consider joining one of them as well is a, is a great book. Many of you have probably read it, uh, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. It was released in 1988. So it's, it's uh, released quite a while ago. He's done some revisions to it. But it is one of the all-time business classics. If you haven't read it, I, I, I strongly encourage you to go read it. Lots of great business lessons, takeaways in, in the book, but, but kind of the main theme the author kind of weaves into the storyline is he tells this kind of fictional tale about a baker. So this, this lady that likes bacon, I think it was cakes is what she likes bacon, and maybe it's all kinds of dessert things. Um, and, and so she likes being a baker, and so she decides to start her own bakery. And, and this is her dream coming true. She's going to be an entrepreneur. She's going to be a business owner. She's going to be independent, all those sorts of things. Um, because she loves bacon. And, the, and the, the reality, though, is that she gets into the business, she ends up spending uh, an, uh, an excessive amount of time not on bacon, but on things like ordering the supplies, uh, dealing with employees, keeping the, uh, keeping the, the, the store uh, as needed and the fixtures done and the rent paid and all those sorts of things. And and likewise, her her experience is less than ideal because she loved bacon, and all of a sudden now she's only spending a minority amount of time on what she enjoys doing, not on these other things. Now now that's that's a, a story that you might hear a lot of uh, the larger wirehouse firms tell is, oh hey, you you can be a financial advisor and not not have to worry about any of these other tasks. The reality is that that comes with a lot of a lot of constraints in that that kind of captive W two wirehouse environment done lots of episodes on that, written lots of articles on some of those challenges. And so part of what the RA platform say is, hey, you like being a financial advisor, you like working with your clients, you like managing the money, you like doing financial planning. Great, you can still do that. You can still be independent and all the benefits of that, 100% book ownership, doing business as names, uh, your own brand and that sort of thing. And let us handle the bulk of that non-client facing responsibilities. So it's, it's the, the example with that baker. If the baker could just you know write a check once a month or, or whatever the, the uh, case may be and someone else handled all of the, the non-baking things and she got to really focus on what she liked doing which is baking and maybe promoting and, and, and doing business development but let someone else do the, the blocking and tackling. And again, that's a lot of what RA platforms position themselves as is you do the part you enjoy We'll do the part you don't enjoy as much. We'll do it for you. We'll do it for arguably maybe cheaper than you could do it yourself. And even if it is more expensive, again, from a, a time and satisfaction uh, level, you're better off just outsourcing it to us. Again, that's that's the argument. Pros and cons uh, to both of those approaches. Um, and then last, I would just say, uh, that I talked about the top, you can go back episode 42. I dive into all three models that I talk about, but just also know, I'm not going to go into it here, uh, but know that there is kind of a middle option there as well. So on on one side, we have that start your own RA, build everything out. Uh, on the, On the other side, we have uh, join an existing RA platform and all the pros and cons of both. And then there's there's a growing ecosystem there in the middle uh, of firms who their value proposition is, hey, you can still have your own RAA. For, for one reason or another, you, you, you're dead set on having your own RA. But yet you can still outsource a bulk of that, as they say, middle office or back office tasks to us. This, this middle office firm. And so just know that there's some flavors out there uh, of that. Uh, it's beyond the scope of this particular episode. Uh, maybe I'll do a future episode on those as well. But uh, certainly if any of those three approaches you want to learn more about, that's the sort of thing I have conversations with uh, advisors about daily. So so please don't hesitate to reach out. We can we can dive into that. Um, so I'll leave you three takeaways on this subject. The, the first is be open-minded to all three of these approaches. I know I only did a deep dive on one of them but uh, on this episode, but all three of the approaches. And, and, and I would tell you, most of the time when advisors reach out to me to begin a conversation about moving into the RA model, they, they are mentally thinking, hey, I, I, will, I only want to consider starting my own firm. And that's all they maybe even know exists of, of a way to go about doing this. Uh, and I completely understand that. And for many advisors, again, ultimately that is going to be the best path for them and the path they go down. But I always say, hey, let's, and, and this is what I walk folks through: let's understand each of these three approaches. Let's understand the pros and cons of each of these approaches. And and I would tell you more often than not, my experience is that after someone has been exposed to all three of these they generally will will look at at least two of them it's it's rare to say ah let me get all three because again by by design there's there's variability there of, of what you get and 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 pretty quickly advisors usually after i lay this out and i have a visual i show people and i say okay here's how it works here's the pros and cons pretty quickly people come back and say oh i'm, I'm not interested in, in in the first option or i'm not interested in the third option but but, but I, I do want to learn more about this one and this one. And that, that's usually how the conversation goes. So I just say, be be open-minded, learn about all three, learn about why you might consider one versus the other. And I think you'd be surprised. Sometimes you'd think, oh, I'm for sure only going one path. And then you come to learn maybe a different path is, is actually a better fit for you. Um, the, the next takeaway, advisors of all sizes go down each of these three paths. And so today we're talking about joining a firm. Don't think that, oh... Uh, if, if you're small, you shouldn't start your own. So that's why you join a firm because the reality is smaller advisors join existing RA platforms and very large advisors or teams with hundreds of millions, if not billions, join existing RA platforms. So AUM alone is, is an important factor because there is some scale that comes with, with having your own RA and having some assets uh, involved in that. But, but if anyone tells you, oh, oh, how, how much assets do you have? Oh Oh, because of that, this is the path you should go. I think that's incredibly short-sighted. That, that is a variable to consider. That is a variable to talk about as part of this. Uh, but again, there, there's advisors of all sizes go down all three paths. Uh, and then the last thing I'd tell you is uh, of this, because it's the, the focus of this episode, these RA platforms, as I talk about, uh, the good news is there's a, there's a number of them out there. Now, there, there's actually no shortage, to be honest, of RAs that kind of learn what I do and learn in the, the arena I operate in. They, they reach out to me and they say, Brad, we'd love to have you keep us in mind and maybe, and maybe recommend us to advisors. And and so part of my value proposition is, is sorting through all of those available options out there. And I would tell you, and I'm supportive of anyone that's trying to be entrepreneurial, but there's, there's, it just is what it is. Some platforms are, are significantly farther along, significantly more advanced, have significantly more resources than others do, and and likewise, you you have a lot of great choices to choose from. Again, if that's a path to go down, but then even within the ones that I, that I think have a wonderful value proposition, have very competitive price, and even then, you have different flavors, which I think is great. So some might some might be focused on a particular thing. So I'll give you a, a couple of quick examples. There's some that say, "Hey, we are a believers in a very passive investment approach," and so even though we're not going to tell you. Uh, how to manage your assets? We've built our entire value proposition and resources and support around that kind of advisor. So, hey, if you're that kind of advisor, that would be a great fit. If you're not, they're not a great fit, and that's and that's perfectly fine. Um, others say, hey, we are very financially planning focused. So, we've built this this value proposition based around supporting you doing deep financial planning with your clients. If that's a fit for you, wonderful. If financial is not part of your value proposition with your own clients. That that firm's not going to probably be a fit. So the, the again, the idea is, and this is a beautiful thing for advisors. Is that if even if you decide, okay, hey, maybe joining an existing right platform is better for me. You then have some wonderful choices within that. Uh, but again, they do vary bo- both on who they're catering to, what kind of advisors they're catering to, what that value proposition is, what the pricing is, and it and it and it goes across the entire spectrum uh, to to select from. So. With that, uh, like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RA, and, and this is literally the type of thing I help advisors with all day long is have this sort of conversation. How do you go about transitioning in, into the RA model? Uh, first, we, first be we talking about why you might want to, why it might make sense, but assuming you, you get over that or it does make sense, then okay, how do I do this? What are those pathways? And so talking about This option of joining an existing RA firm, joining an existing RA platform is absolutely something I help advisors with, help you sort through all those different flavors, know what you can expect from a pricing perspective to what you can expect to receive back as a value proposition, why one firm might be a better fit for you than another. Again, all the the sorts of things I I help folks with. Uh, Happy to to help you as well. Uh, If you're not already there, if you head on over to to TransitionToRAA.com. Uh, You can find all kinds of uh, more videos I've made, more podcasts, white papers, uh, all kinds of resources available for free. Uh, And then the top of every page is a contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule time uh, to have a conversation with me about this exact topic to say, Brad, here's where I'm at. Here's what my practice looks like. Here's the kind of clients I work with. Here's what I wanna do going forward. Help me understand my options. Help me understand if this is even something I should be considering. And, and if it is, then we can even go so far as getting to, to where we're really getting the details here of, okay, these are the specific, uh, you know, approaches or pathways might be the best fit for you. Happy to help you with that conversation as well. Again, transition to RIA.com, all kinds of resources. And you can get a hold of me again, each page, just click on that contact link. So with that, I hope you found value in today's episode and I'll see you on the next one.